Hello, professional property managers. You are catching the very first episode after our trailer announcement episode of the Triple Win. We're so excited about this podcast and that you're joining us and that you've decided to press play on the PMX Masterclass with Jeff Hoffman. Jeff is the co-founder of Priceline.com. He's the inventor of the airport kiosk, which you'll hear uh, during this recording. And over the course of this episode, you will hear a couple of things. One, um, Jeff is buddies from his Priceline Expedia days with Rich Barton, CEO of Zillow. Uh, Rich previously was at Zillow. And so they talk a couple times a month by phone, like casual, friendly conversation. And they've talked about the future of tech in real estate. And so you'll hear some of the innovations and, you know, kind of future vision for how technology is going to be impacting the industry uh, direct from Jeff, which is pretty cool. You'll also hear in this episode, you know, how you can find your gold medal product or your gold medal talent, what you're really known for in in the marketplace and finding a niche uh, that you can own and be known for as a strategy for really clarifying your place in the market and growing and scaling your business. Jeff walks through some practical examples and even gives a a practical exercise you can do within 10 minutes of finishing this episode uh, and get valuable feedback, which is great. And before you finish, you will hear at the very end, maybe the most inspiring eight minutes that we've ever had on any PMX event ever, where Jeff really talks about uh, getting over the mental barriers of making money and making a great profitable business. There's no shame in making money. Uh, The only shame is in not putting it into good use and how we can build great businesses that build great communities. So I hope you're inspired as I am and enjoy the episode. Jeff starts off talking about uh, meeting NSYNC in New York City. So you'll hear him start with that story right here. When I took this break from tech, I... uh started a music biz uh, and I was doing tours and concerts. And at this uh, moment in my life, um, I was actually on tour with the band NSYNC um, with Justin Timberlake and the NSYNC guys. And we were on tour. And at that moment, they happened to become the biggest band in the world in sales. So there was a lot of attention. And we were, and they were making an appearance in Times Square. And unfortunately, roughly 12 trillion girls found out they were in Times Square. So we were kind of trapped upstairs in the, in Times Square used to be the world's biggest music store. And I remember this moment because I was talking to the owners of the world's biggest music company. And some tech friends of mine had called me up um, and said to me, hey, check out this cool thing we came up with. And I said, what is it? And they said, it's called an MP3. And I was like, what's an MP3? And they said, well, it's a digitized analog file. Well, not one non-nerd person would have remotely understood or cared what that meant. And I said, why are you digitizing analog stuff? And they said, we don't know yet. But there's probably cool stuff we could do with it. I'm like, I'm, I'm saying to them, like, what? They said, I don't know. You could put a song. You could digitize a song so you don't need the record or the CD anymore. The song's just digital. And like, well, what would you, how would you listen to it? Well, we'll create some kind of digital player. 
All of this conversation, I then relayed to the heads of the world's biggest music companies because I was working with them. Every one of them laughed. I said, hey, you should check this thing out. Every one of them said, Jeff, we're the cool people in the music biz. We have zero interest in what you and your nerd friends are doing. Thanks anyway. Guess what happened? The music industry failed to invent the iPod. It wasn't invented by the music industry. It was invented by tech nerds, Apple. Guess what else they failed to invent? iTunes, a way to sell the song. Guess what happened in the music biz? Millions of people lost their job in every music store everywhere. Billions of dollars lost. And all that money was made by... Back then, if I'd asked you who's going to be the king of music five years from now, no one would have said Apple computer. You'd be like, Jeff, they make Macs. They have nothing to do with music. This is happening again in every industry. Tech companies are creating products that are going to change everything. So I'm going to give you some examples in a minute. And Andrew, this is going to be a long answer because it's probably the most important one. Okay. Um, Here's the good news. The first people to see what's coming next, right? Don't you wish you were the person that said, whoa, wait a minute, digital song? There's got to be something I can do with that. Because you would have been the one making all those, in this case, billions of dollars. Um, So you want to be the first people to see the new ideas, the new tech, the new trends before other people in the industry did. So what I'm telling you is don't spend so much time comparing yourself to competition of other property management companies. Spend some time looking to see what tools the world that doesn't, that you don't ever look at, that knows nothing about it. I'm going to give you one more example. Um, is creating. Then we're going to talk about what's being created out there that I've seen that for your industry specifically. I'm going to give you a crazy example. I was uh, telling this very story to people that we have to look in these unseen places. By the way, I schedule time every single day. And I encourage you to do this. I call this, this isn't a real word. I call it info sponging. But my idea of info sponging is every day, here's what I want you to do. I do it in the morning when I first get up. For the first 20 minutes of your day, that's it, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. The rest of the day, you can do property management. For 15 or 20 minutes every day, you do not work in the real estate industry. You are not a property manager. What you're going to do for 15 minutes is you're going to learn one new thing every day. And here's the cool part that you have no need to know. And I'm going to give you an example, okay? You're going to learn one new thing that the rest of the world is doing that has nothing to do with property management. This is where the world's most innovative people, when people ask, how do they keep coming up with good ideas? We've been blessed enough that we were successful in multiple industries. And people ask me, how did you do that? And this is my answer. It's because every day I learn one new thing that the rest of the world can teach me that has nothing to do with my industry. So my odds of coming up with the next cool idea in property management are way greater than the people who spend every day doing property management. That's info sponging. Every day you're going to just read an article about some tech thing that seems nerdy, like what's an MP3 the day it came out, right, before anyone else. If you don't actually know what AI is, because 99% of the human population doesn't really know what artificial intelligence is, read a story about it. Virtual reality, augmented reality, trends, real estate in Indonesia, um, fashion trends. It's all over the map. You're just gathering knowledge about the world around you. Um, One of my examples was one day I was clicking, this is a story from a different day, uh, when a child asked me how they make glass And I said, I don't know how to make glass. Who cares? I don't make glass, 
right? You're in property management. You don't make glass. And info sponging is the exercise of not saying, I don't know. I don't care. It's saying, you know what? Tomorrow, just for the hell of it, I'm going to figure out how they make glass. So I Googled that. This is the real story. And because I didn't know how they make glass because a five-year-old asked me. So that was my info sponge for the day. And while I was info sponging about how they make glass, it took me to a glass company. The glass company is called Corning. You probably have seen it on a coffee pot or a, a baking pan that you have in your kitchen. It says Corning glass because they make baking pans and they make uh, coffee mugs and stuff. So I was like, hmm, doesn't seem too interesting. But I reached out to Corning about my curiosity about what they do. And let me tell you what happened. They invited me to their innovation center. And when I went to the innovation center, they said, check this out. We're building something we're going to announce soon. I said, what is it? They said, it's the next generation of Windows. I said, what do you call them? They said, smart class. I said, why is it smart? They said, because every window is connected to the internet and it's IP addressable. I said, what does that mean? They I said, the windows will save you money because they'll feel when they're too hot and they'll adjust their tint so the house doesn't run too much air conditioning. If there's no motion in the house and no one's home, the windows will darken, right? So that no air conditioning, right? The windows will cool the house down. If it's cold, the windows will know it's cold. People are home, so I should adjust myself this much. Or it's cold, no one's in this property, so I don't really need to heat it up because there's no humans here anyway. These are windows, guys, that are making these decisions. You know what else a smart glass window can do that's IP addressable? They showed me a demo of this. It can actually tell you that somebody actually is moving furniture in that house, i.e. a thief. The window noticed that I picked something up and moved across the window of the room because the window had a little corner sensor that sensed shapes and movement. And the window, not a human, had imaged the room and saw that normally this chair sits here, this desk sits here, and this computer sits on it. But today, someone picked up the computer and walked off with it. I got an immediate alert on my phone from the window. Okay? What does all this mean? I don't know. But if I was in your business, I sure as hell would wonder what smart glass is and how it's going to change homes and should I know what it means and should I someday invest in it. That is an example of what is going to change. So all of these new technologies, right? One, here's one that you should know about, Andrew, uh, specifically that's going to affect properties, which when you see these, uh, um, IO, you see a term called IoT, and most people don't know what that means. Uh, instead of IT, we know that's information technology. When you see the term IoT, it's the Internet of Things. But you know what all these companies are building? They're building, they're connecting every appliance and every device inside a house to the internet and putting smart sensors in it. So you know what's going to happen next? You're going to be sitting at home. You're going to be on your phone and you're going to say, hang on, I got to take this message, this call. And you know what the call is going to be? It's going to be the dishwasher. And the dishwasher is going to tell you, oh, I need some help. I'm leaking. I am not joking, guys. I saw demos of this at MIT, in MIT's uh, media lab when I was speaking there. The dishwasher is going to tell you it's got a leak, so you know. The hot water heater is going to tell you, my pilot light went out. I can't heat up any water. If you're going to need it soon, send somebody over. So there's another example. I gave you smart glass. IoT, what is the Internet of Things? 
How is it going to affect smart appliances? By the way, you'll see that inside an appliance, right? So I'm going to pick up milk. I'm going to pour a glass. I'm going to put the milk back down. And the, tr the shelf that it's on, this is real stuff now. The shelf that it's on already is going to sense that by the weight, there's no milk left. So it's going to send me a text that says, you're out of milk. Do you want me to just order some? I can order it on whatever, on Amazon and have it delivered before you get home from work anyway, right? Your fridge is just going to order stuff when you run out of it because it's going to know. So that's one example. That's the internet things. The other one was smart class. I want you to think about virtual reality. Um, none of this is going to be perfect, but all of it's becoming. And by the way, that was some stuff I, I got to visit Whirlpool at their corporate headquarters and their innovation lab. And they showed me what the smart home looks like with the smart appliance and how much money it saves a homeowner, just like those windows do. And you already know the basic smart homes, like controlling doors, thermostats, and lights. It's just going to get more and more helpful to you and more and more intelligent to do that. Along those same lines, every home will have a home monitor that you'll be able to say, by the way, this law, I've also seen this demo with voice recognition. I'll say to my system, my AI, my Siri, right? But it's my property management Siri. I'll say, hey, how's my house on Third Street doing? And it will come back and it will say, I checked all the sensors in the house and here's the house's update. It will report room by room, temperature by temperature, water flow, everything you want to know. The house will give me its update. I'm doing fine. Don't worry about me. That would be the house telling me that kind of stuff. This technology is fascinating for real estate. The other, the last two pieces, I mentioned um, uh, virtual reality already. Uh, as these sensors, cameras get tinier and more powerful, there'll be the camera in the home. You guys do this sort of 360 VR tour in the real estate business today, but that is nothing. I don't know how many people here have ever put on an Oculus headset and done real VR. The difference of putting on a real VR headset is it's not a tour, you're in the house. If you spin around, if you reach out and touch something, um, it causes a reaction. If you've never tried an Oculus headset, if there's some store, I don't know, Best Buy, somewhere you can go put one on, just to try it, or if you know a friend that has one, try it. But I'll tell you what, pretty soon the cameras, I actually got one from one of the companies um, that snaps onto a cell phone that takes, it creates, you have to render a home, right? You have to shoot a certain type of video uh, and render it to be able to walk through it with an Oculus with a VR headset. But it's getting, the technology is getting so good that somebody, a company gave me one that snaps onto a cell phone and you would walk around the house and image it and then when you go back home, if you put your headset on, you'll be able to walk through the house. Well, guess who else will be able to walk through the house? Either a tenant that's thinking of doing it. And what I'm telling you is it's not the VR uh, tours that you have now. It's putting on real VR headset and walking around the house. The tenant can do it. You can do it. The landlord can do it. And then there's AR, augmented reality. So now I've got a prospective tenant who says... I wonder these demos are real already too. I see the house, but I'm kind of wondering if my furniture will fit. And so you know what you're gonna say? Grab your iPad, pull down our, 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 our augmented reality app, take, point it at your furniture, point it at your couch, press this button, it images your couch. Now pick it up, 
touch the picture of the house and go put your couch in the house. And they'll say, whoa, it doesn't quite fit in that room. And you'll be there with them saying, turn it sideways. And like, wow, my couch really fits great there. Let me see if I can put the end table on the end of it. They can move in using augmented reality and say, I like the way my stuff looks in this house. Um, likewise, you can be having that conversation with the landlord. You're making the argument, or you are a landlord, and the tenant's making the argument, we need this. And you're saying, show me, without even going out there, right? And you're actually trying, say, look, if I did do that, here's what it would look like in the house. So these are just a set of examples. Technology is going to change everything. By the way, part of that is data. The way that you guys run your business, so so the uh, the um, artificial intelligence part of this is going to be huge because AI, if you're confused by it, AI is about pattern recognition. Everybody talks about AI like it's something bigger than it is right now. It isn't. What AI is today is pattern recognition. What that means is it's watching your industry and your customers to try to figure out what they're going to do next. A perfect example of that is all the AI software. Here's the COVID version. By the way, really good news if you're a property manager post-COVID, because post-COVID, way less people are going to buy because now they can live wherever they want. And they can work for multiple companies because they don't have to be physically down the street from the office anymore. Post-COVID, when remote work and online work continues and becomes an option for people, they can live where they want and they can work for different companies that aren't in their city anymore. So a lot less people will buy a house and, and, and then, they, well, let me just, I, I said that wrong. There'll be a shift in the number of people. There'll be an increase in the number of people uh, that want rental properties because they don't have to commit long-term because they don't have to live in that city anymore to work for that company the rest of their life. There's going to be a shift in the way people rent and the way people buy investment properties and the way people buy real estate, all that's changing as a result of the work from home technology. All COVID did was accelerate that, but it's going to drive a shift in your, your industry. So AI, there's software that's studying every bit of data, every transaction. And this AI is software that's predictive. It's software that helps you say what neighborhood do I want to be a landlord in next and why? So that's what AI is about. AI is about this intelligent look at the data to tell you. And I saw some new tools being developed by some companies who are not in your industry. They're friends of mine in the tech industry. And they are, they are looking at your industry. They are looking at not only real estate from the top down, but property management specifically, because they feel like the commercial real estate market and the residential real estate market are going to be changed dramatically by a virtual Zoom-like workforce. So they're running all these analysis. They're trying to figure out what's the price point, what's the perfect property, what's the location of that property, where are people going to show up next? For example, there's been a huge move. I'm in Florida. A huge move of people out of places like New York and California to Florida recently. Uh, and that, had, that is because of the difference in politics and governor and rules and regulations. Guess what AI does too? It looks at all that. It looks to see Democratic or Republic, Republican senators, governors, mayors, their track record, their history. And it says, this is probably going to be a good town to live in based on all that data. So if I were you, I'd get some property there before everybody moves there. That's AI 
is going to drive it too. So that was a lot of stuff, guys. And I know, Andrew, that was a really long answer. But don't be afraid of this stuff. Be excited. The reason I told you InfoSponge is what you want to do is be the person that takes a few minutes out of every day to leave the industry, to read about all this stuff. So the goal is the world's innovators, they're not smarter than you. They just saw this thing coming before everybody else did. How did they see what was coming? Because they were looking. That's what I'm telling you to do. You got to look. I would have never encountered smart glass or visited Corning if I wasn't literally poking around to see what's new in the world of glass. What a completely random thing for me to look for because I don't make windows, I don't make glass, and I don't really care. What I'm telling you to do is care about stuff. That's why infos funding is learn one new thing every day that you don't need to know. All right, I swear I'll shut up mm. now, Andrew. <laughs> Jeff, that was great. Uh, thanks for getting it kicked off. I just want to reflect a couple things back before we move deeper and, and to other items, which is, you know, I heard you say a couple things. Um, you know, th that tech doesn't come from where you expect. It doesn't always come from within the industry. While there is growing technology and there's a ton of capital coming to prop tech, right, is the thing that's being talked about. There's a lot of uh, things that happen outside the industry and you want to be aware of that. Stop yeah, competing against... Because it, it comes from inside and outside. But yep. it definitely comes from inside too. I'm just saying look at... Look at both. Look at both. And to not be necessarily so concerned about competing to the small business to the left or right of you and to look at innovation. And you talk so much about innovation. Info sponging is the practical kind of daily discipline uh, to, to develop that lens and that eye for, you know, where innovation can be coming from and how you can be a part of it. Um, I love that you mentioned Corning because that's a company, if, if I'm right in thinking of the right company, it's a glass company and has been a glass company, but you would think like commodity type of company, but they are so radically committed to innovation that they're a company that has survived for 170 years. Um, and they've reinvented themselves over and over again. That's exactly why. And by the way, I'm glad you used the word prop tech because I've gotten two calls in the last two weeks from people not in your industry, people with huge sums of money asking me this, what's the next great, the next big technology in prop tech? That wasn't, there hasn't even been that term for that long, right? A term called prop tech. And it's all about property, you know, it, it's you, it's, it's property management technology. And so there's people outside of your industry with a lot of money to invest in it. I get that question. They're saying, have you seen a prop tech company that we should be backing that's going to change the property management industry? So there's, you know, a lot of sharks swimming in the waters, but these are well-funded sharks. And prop tech is a hot industry now, just as Andrew said. Mm. Mm. Hey, uh, just a couple more things. One is I, I wish they had, had, could have had my dishwasher talking to me during quarantine. At least we could have had more company, uh, you know, during that time. But what, what you said about <laughs> IoT, VR, AR, data, AI, pattern recognition, and how that can turn into prediction. You know, these are the kind of things to have your finger on the pulse of. And I saw some comments in the chat of like, man, so much of this technology, it's so expensive today. And we have to remember, I think that, you know, cell phones used to be extremely expensive, right? Computers used to be extremely expensive, but as the technology matures more and more, it becomes more and more accessible to more people. You know, there's going to be different entry points, right, for folks. And ultimately, the value of being ahead and really differentiated 
Uh, there's value to be created and monetized there. And there can also be a time at which it's, a, it's appropriate and it's more affordable and accessible to a larger folks or, or different audience. Would you have any advice on that of like evaluating technology and knowing yeah, kind of when I'm to just stay little, aware versus... I'm going to go a little beyond that um, because uh, some people's first reaction to that is what happens to us with all this technology? And actually, this is good news. You become even more important. Okay. I'm, uh, let's say I'm an investor. I own a lot of properties that you manage for me. All this stuff, admittedly, is overwhelming. So, do you know what you become? You are 100% my consultant. You are anyway, but this is a whole nother level of consulting. I own properties. I'm reading about all this stuff, smart homes, everything we just talked about. And you know what I want? I want the concierge level service. I want to say to you, am I getting, am I, I, what is all this stuff? What should I be using? Am I getting benefit of this stuff? So you are just like a financial manager is to a client that says, I don't really know what a, how to do a 401k or what an IRA is or what a 529 plan is. Just, just I want to feel, here's what you're selling. You're selling comfort, right? You're selling assurance. No machine's ever going to sell that. No computer. So as an owner, as the investor, what I need to know is, oh my gosh, there's all these new technologies. How do I know I'm getting most use of them, right? Should I be using this stuff? Should it be in my properties? And are we following the trends? Everything I just told you about is overwhelming. And someone wants you to say, I'm on it. I've researched all this stuff. We're already incorporating the tools we should. They're in the properties. I'm accessing the data. We're using AI to study trends so we can make sure that we're getting pricing right, right? They want to buy comfort from you and expertise. They want you to tell them I'm on top of it so you don't have to be. That job ain't going away. That job's becoming more valuable. I've had times literally where what I wanted to do was push all the stuff in my inbox on my desk to somebody and say, go through all this and just tell me what I need to know, right? Because it's too much stuff and I don't have the time. That is exactly the same, right? I obviously have a lot of friends who employ your services that use the property management uh, industry for the properties that they own. And so we have this conversation. They're like, Jeff, I I can't look at all this stuff. I don't have time. And so what they can't say is, so I just don't care. Because then they're wondering, am I using the right property manager? Because I'm going to make up a dumb example. One of my friends said that he was advised to invest in smart glass because the investment repaid itself in six months and returned on his investment, right? Because it brought down the operational heating and cooling. I'm making up an example. Cooling costs. And he's like, why didn't my girl tell me that I should invest in that? Maybe she's not on top of things. So your ability to sell comfort to a client and assurance that you're on top of it and I'm getting the best of it, that is a product that's never going to go away. Um, So all that tech, Andrew, it is a lot of stuff. Um, And it's a lot for us to stay on top of, but that's a job and that's a job people will pay for. And so what Mm -hmm. I'm telling you is market that, right? One of the things you should be saying is, why me as your property manager? Because we have, you know, it, it might be you, it, it might be your teenage child, but you're saying we have a tech analysis function. I'm making that up, right? 
we have a tech analysis arm. That arm might be, like I said, your, your college son. But we stay on top of, we intentionally analyze all the property management technology. We assess it. We'll give you a report. And you can always rest assured, here's comfort again, that we won't miss recommending technology to you. You're never going to be the one that your friends say, how come your property management company didn't suggest this? So that makes sense to everybody? That's a real job, but you should be marketing it. You should be telling people, I'm your tech person too. I'm not telling you you have to be a tech person. I'm telling you, you have to stay on top of it enough that when something sounds really interesting, you ring the bell, say, hey, I'm not sure what this is, but we better look at it. That's a, that's a job for you. That's really great, Jeff. And I, I'm going to use that to kind of segue here so we can cover a couple more things uh, before we wrap up. But you know, talking about how property managers create and monetize value, what I hear you saying there is the expertise of a property manager and staying on top of and living in this role and on top of the trends and being able to communicate and educate you know, the market on that and how you're leveraging it, how they can leverage it to get the best results, to have the best experience. That's really, you want to be known for that expertise that you own. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about you know, standing out in your market and, you know, you use the term gold medal product or gold medal talent. And I'd love to work our way there um, because I feel like you do such a great job explaining this and you've got great stories as well. So can you tell our audience a little bit about that? Every one of us has the same uh, challenge and that's to stand out, right? Why would anybody do business with you? Why should people pick you? So, we have this thing, what, what we want you to focus on is your gold medal ability, right? And I'm gonna break this into two pieces, sort of gold medal talent and gold medal product. But here's what it means. What is it about you? And, and it's the answer to this question. If you could give me one and only one reason I should do business with you, what's the one single most distinguishing thing about you that separates you from everyone else? Okay. You guys should really think about that because the mistake that people make in marketing is that they try to do everything. When you are telling a customer, we're fast, we're friendly, we're whatever, we're cost effective, pretty soon you, the, the, the intuitive thing to do is to try to convince me. In fact, I'm going to give you guys a real example real quick. Uh, all the reasons I should do business with you. But the problem is the more reasons you give me, the more you sound like everybody else and I can't remember you or distinguish you. So I'm gonna tell you a, a real example of a physical product and we're gonna bring it back to this. This was a product, this was a guy that came to me, a company I was coaching and his product was uh, a TV mount. It's a wall bracket that you mount a big flat screen TV if you live in a townhome or apartment, right? Or, or a house, whatever. Um, but it was, it's a wall mount to mount your big screen TV. So he uh, worked really hard on his, to, to get a deal with Target. And he got these put in Target. And he thought his sales were going to take off. And they didn't. And he called me and said, I don't know why I'm not selling these like crazy. I said, and I want you to think about this. Let me see how you market it. So remember the question I asked you at the beginning. What is the one single most important reason, only one, if you, you can only pick one reason I should do business with you, what would it be? That is not what we tend to do. So I said, let me see your marketing. His marketing had five reasons. 
on the package and on his website and in every letter that he, they went out, everything customer facing, he said, the reasons you should buy my, my TV map are that it's easy to assemble, it's lightweight, it folds up when not in use, it's competitively priced, and it's made out of the same steel as, an air, as aircraft, okay? Those are the reasons. So what are yours? You're probably listing a bunch of reasons people should do business with your property management company. But here is the reality. People stand out from the crowd by picking a horse to ride. The horse to ride is the one most distinguishing thing about you. That is your gold medal talent, okay? Um, that is the thing about you that separates you from everybody else. Now, you're still going to tell them all the other great reasons. But what I'm telling you about is how to market and how to stand out in the crowd, which is to pick the thing. By the way, <clears throat> that gold medal talent of yours is the one thing that you know. Remember, I said if you were going to ask somebody to give me one and only one reason, the one most important reason. Now, I want to share with you a quick exercise I want you to do. I want you, not right now today, but I want you to text or email 10 people that have already done business with you, 10 customers, and I want you to ask them all this question. I want you to ask them to give you the one, only one, single most important reason that they chose you to do business with you and your company. Here's what you will find when you do this exercise. Remember to do this later. Eight out of 10 of them will say the same thing. And this is my favorite part. Nine out of 10 times, that's not even what your marketing says. So let me show you what I mean by that. I, I, I challenge you to do this exercise. That thing is, is that gold medal talent is the asset about you that, that stands out the most. So <clears throat> remember, I, go, I, I tell him, I wanna go with you to Target and I wanna see your sales. So remember that his sign, his sales, his package literally said, lightweight, easy to assemble, folds up when not in use, competitively priced, and made out of aircraft steel. <clears throat> so we go to the store because he's trying to sell. So he's telling you all the reasons you should do business with me. And I wait in the store and I pretend I'm looking to buy a TV mount. And I wait and I watch people come in and look at all your competitors and pick one. Each time somebody picks his mount, I stop them. And I say, hey, I'm looking for a, a TV mount too. Just bought a new TV. Why did you pick that one? Let me tell you what happened 10. We stayed there long enough to get 10 customers. 10 out of 10 people said this. They said, I don't know what the hell aircraft steel is, but I want that. 10 out of 10 people said that. I said, really? They said, the other crap's nice, but I really picked this thing because that TV is the most expensive thing in my home and I don't want it to fall. So if this steel is good enough for aircraft, it's good enough to hold up my TV. So do you know what we did? We changed the packaging in the website to say one thing, the, the only mount made of aircraft steel, and we sold the hell out of it. When they stopped, when people were in the market, they said, man, I need a TV mount. Do you know of a good one? They said the brand took shape. They said, get that one that's made out of the same steel as aircraft. I know your TV will never fall. So when they went into the store, people are looking for you. People are walking in and they're saying, where is it? Do you have that thing that's made out of aircraft steel? So we didn't even, the company name didn't even matter anymore. That is thing needs to be, that thing about you. I'm going to give you an example in your industry. It needs to be three words you should write down, distinguishing. 
What is the one most distinguishing thing about you over everybody else that you can think of? That's why I want you to ask 10 customers because they'll tell you, why did you really choose me? And they might be like, well, actually your prices weren't the best, but your data, you have data that no one else could give me. I'm giving you an example, right? Um, there's something about you they chose. Distinguishing is one. Second is memorable. Aircraft steel is pretty memorable, right? Um, at Priceline in those days, we are the name your own price company. No one else allowed you to do to name your own price to make a bid. We stood out. We're the name your own price company. No one else could say that. It was easy to remember. The third thing is powerful. It has to be something people care about. If you're marketing to clients who don't really care that much about price, quit talking about your price. They don't care anyway. Why are you telling them about price if it's not even in their mind? What is the thing they're thinking about? So my question to you again is what is your aircraft steal? So I'm going to give you an example in the real estate. This is a real estate agent, not a property manager. Um, but this is a friend of mine who is a mega dog lover. In her side, she runs a real estate business to feed her dog habit. She runs a dog rescue business. It's all volunteer. It's all nonprofit on the side. When there is a dog that needs rescued, an owner dies, uh, there's an abuse case, whatever, everyone like in her whole state reaches out to her and calls her and says, uh, you know, come save this dog. So she's been on the TV news to adopt dogs. None of this has anything to do with the real estate. When I would ask her about dogs, she would say, well, we can talk about that after we talk about business. And then I started to notice something that when she started calling, I asked her to do the same thing. Call 10 clients and ask them why they really came to you. 10 out of 10 of them said, because my dog is my child and you were the only real estate agent that gets that. They, I said, what, dig deeper into that. She said, well, I know where every dog park is and I actually know what other dogs are in that dog park. I know what vet you should use. I know where the animal hospital is and the route from every house in the animal hospital. I actually know what dog food they sell in every pet store around here and where you should go to get it and where it's cheapest. And she said, there's nothing I don't know about dogs. And what we discovered was that people that picked her were people whose dog was like a child to them. And they were like, holy crap, if I'm moving with my dog, I want this lady to help me find a house because the house will be everything I just told you. It'll be, it'll be near a dog park. She'll know the neighborhood laws. She'll know the other dogs in the neighborhood. And if there's friendly dogs in the neighborhood and dog-friendly people and where to buy the food and where the vet is and which vet to use. So we changed her real estate. I forgot what we uh, um, called it. We didn't use dog. We used canine something. But literally, her website now has a picture. It's her surrounded by a bunch of dogs. And it pretty much says her aircraft steel is... If your move is important to your dog as it is to you, I'm your girl. And her agency business took off because everybody knows what to reach her. Your, your instinct is to think, if I do that, what happens to all the people that don't have a dog? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Or what happens to all the people in the other case that don't care about how strong the bracket it is? When you have sold and serviced every single client that does care about dogs, We'll worry about that later, okay? When you pick a brand asset and win a gold medal at something, 
and say, this is what I want to be known for that separates me from everybody else. Don't worry about the people. This is a discipline problem. Companies that grow have the discipline to say, if you're not into dogs and you don't even have one, there might be, there's probably a better agent for you. When you have found, like I said, you have to have the discipline to take the customers that are going to love you because you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, she's the only one that knows dogs. He's the only guy that uses aircraft steel. And your brand will spread in a way that people will be driving people to you as opposed to them saying, I don't know, just pick a property manager. There's a ton of them out there. That's not where you want to be. You want to have the gold medal hanging around your neck so you are known for being amazing at something. Because let me close by saying this. How does that help you grow later? When you win a gold medal for anything in life, people give you a credibility, right? So when they see you on TV and they're like, oh, that's, that's the canine real estate lady. Her business is crushing it. Maybe I should go to her, even though I don't have a dog. She knows her business is huge and it's booming and everybody loves her. This is, by the way, the conversation I had with Jeff Bezos a zillion years ago. When he had the discipline, people forget to only sell books. And people would say, what about people who don't want a book? Bezos said, then they can go somewhere else. I won't worry about them until I've sold everyone that wants a book, a book. But you know what happens when you win a gold medal? You and I said, man, he only sells books now, but I really, everything I've read about this guy and his company is amazing. I'm going to see if they'll help me too. So you and I started telling Amazon, it's our fault (laughs) that Amazon's where it is today. Because you and I said to Amazon, I know you only deal with book lovers, but I want to buy a watch. Is there any way you could help me with that? Why did we go to him? Because we knew he would deliver. Because we heard all the book people raving about him. So what I'm telling you is if your average customer store score, I'm making this up, as a property manager was a seven. But then you switch to being the, the dog lady, right? The canine lady. Every canine customer gave you a 10 plus on every score. The rest of the world says she focuses on people with dogs, but everybody that's ever used her company gave her a 10 plus. I'm going to call her anyway. And pretty soon, like Jeff Bezos, you're not just selling books anymore. You're not only selling to book lovers or dog lovers, your business grows. So what I'm telling you is to grow your business, shrink your focus a little bit now and figure out what your gold medal is. I feel like your question was the salient one is, you know, what, what distinguishes you? What makes you memorable? You know, what makes what you're bringing to people powerful? And it's one thing, not two, three, four things. Uh, what's the one thing that you really want to be known for? Is it placing tenants in 15 days or less? Is it, you know, the incredible service, you know, that you provide? To think about what is your aircraft steal? What is that thing about you that people would say, the real reason I chose you is because of the 15 days. It's not going to be all the things you're selling them, marketing. It's going to be something about you. You know, what is your aircraft steel? What do you want to be known for? What's the one thing? What's the niche that you can be known for and help, st- help you stand out and differentiate in your market? We convinced Jeff to stick around for one or two more stories and lessons before we wrap this up. Here's something we wanted to end, you know, kind of where we were beginning and something that really impresses us about Jeff is his philanthropy, his philosophy, his generosity, the way he contributes in such a meaningful way, which many of us have been the beneficiary of today. Thanks again, Jeff, for being 
so generous with, with your energy and your passion and your stories. Um, I'd love for you to talk about, um, you know, generosity and something we see folks struggle with sometimes in this business is, you know, as you make more and more money, as you create more and more value and make more and more money, you know, sometimes there can be a mental block for entrepreneurs of, uh, you know, that hitting their bottom lines and really growing that. You, you've said something in the past of that there's no shame in making money, but there's an end to that quote. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about that if you could. Yeah, l- let me sort of uh, quickly share the story. Um, I had a point in my life, and I'll do this fast, uh, the short version of this, that uh, things were going well, uh, business was successful, um, and the company was making a lot of money. Uh, when my friend, when people say to me all the time, why don't you just retire? Uh, because there's four words on the wall behind me that make me wake up every single morning because it matters to me. So let me explain what they are and how I got to those. Um, my business was going well uh, and, uh, and, and we were making money. I'm not even a materialistic person. Um, my very first company uh, was, uh, as Andrew mentioned, if you guys go to the, an airport, uh, pretty much everywhere in the world now, and you check yourself in at a little check-in kiosk instead of walking up to a person, that was my first invention. Um, you used to have to wait in line to check in. I created these check-in kiosks and then was able to sell them to airlines, airports all over the world, and uh, later sold the company for millions of dollars. And I wasn't even trying to make millions of dollars. I was just trying to travel and see the world when I was broke. And it turns out I was able to do uh, all of the above because uh, I created this product. Um, but anyway, that was a time that the combination of traveling the world and getting somebody giving you millions of dollars for your company put me in a weird position because I was seeing that the rest of the world wasn't living that way and people were struggling everywhere and it was making me feel kind of bad and uh, a little guilty about the fact that, uh, you know, I, I, my businesses were successful. Um, Money's only one dimension of life, obviously, but I I literally saw people that couldn't eat because they didn't have any money. Anyway, I was feeling bad about making money at a moment in my life and I turned my TV on. And to watch sports, because I didn't want to think about it anymore. It felt weird to me that I feel bad that I work really hard, make good plans, right? Hire good people and got profitable because of that. Why do I feel bad that I actually was the one that worked super hard just because I got paid for it? So I needed to get out of this thought process. So I turned on the TV to watch sports. But before the game came on, there was a news report. And the news report was a woman that was uh, in a house full of women and everybody was crying hysterically. And I stopped. I said, oh, my God, I wonder what's going on. Um, and it disturbed me because that house is in an area. I know where it is. It's in my city. And I thought there might have been a mass shooting or something. There wasn't. It was a home for abused women. It was built by two women who'd been abused and continued to be abused because they couldn't get out. They had no money, no family. And the new, a news reporter had been saying, why don't they just leave the abuser? And a female, this was a male, female was saying, because they have nowhere to go. If they have no money and no family, then they have little kids. They can't leave. There's literally nowhere to go. Two women had created somewhere to go. They bought a house and they told abused women, you can live here for free as long as you want. So there's finally a place to go. So what happened was they ran out of money and they were being evicted and foreclosed. And all the women were crying that night because uh, the news reporter was sitting there saying, where will you go? And these women were saying things like, devastating things. 
Like I can never go back to him because he said he'd kill me if he ever saw me again. Because that woman actually said, I can't even sleep at night because every time the house creaks, I think he found me and he's coming in to kill me. I mean, it was gut-wrenching. And another woman said, I don't have any money to go anywhere because I can't get a job because I got these two kids. But I can't pay for daycare anywhere because I don't have a job and I can't get a job because I have nowhere to leave my kids. So I'm completely broke and I can't go back there either because he broke all my ribs last time. And the news reporter turned and said, well, there's the story coming up next, the big game. He said, coming up next, sports. And I sat and thought for a minute, being really real with you guys, I'm glad the game is coming on because I was already having a crappy night and this is making me feel worse. But as I, I'm just being honest, a lot of you have felt that way. Change the channel. I don't want to see this. It's bad news. But I said something to myself that every one of us is guilty of saying. I said, man, they should help those women. What happens when you see a problem in the world? Well, they should help those kids. They should do something, right? And I found myself saying they should help those kids. And this was a, a, a life-changing, I mean, Laura Mack and I have been family for a lot of years. And Andrew and I have become very good friends. These people already know this story. But um, the, uh, I was watching that and I had a life-changing moment. I thought if everybody watching this moment is saying what I'm saying, they should help these women, who's helping them? Nobody, because everyone's saying they should help these women. So I stood up and I wrote the four most important words on my life, if you can see them on the top there. There is no they. They don't exist. And I stood up and I wrote that. And I said, there is no they, man. It's you. It's your community. You're watching the problem. They don't exist. Go fix it. And it changed my life. And I stood up. And the money I was feeling guilty about five minutes before, I said, thank God that I worked harder than anybody I know and stayed focused and found my gold medal and served my customers and took care of my employees. Because you know what? Now I got money in the bank that other people don't, and I can help those women. And so I actually, just very quickly, I wanted to do this anonymously um, because of this, I didn't want the story to be internet guy saves women. So I didn't want to do a wire or a check. I went to the bank and actually got a giant <laughs> duffel bag of cash. I do not advise this. It was the bank president himself told me how stupid it was. I almost wound up in jail as a bank robber. But in the end, I got a giant bag filled with cash because I didn't want them to know who I was. And I went there and I delivered it to the women. And I told them, I've paid for the house. I've given you a year's worth of expenses. I've paid for a security system because I couldn't sleep knowing that one woman couldn't sleep because she was scared to death every night he was going to find the house and kill her. I said, here's money for two security guards and a security system. And the woman was already crying. And I said, there's a little more. And she said, for what? And I said, I give you money to build a daycare center because those women will never start a life of their own if they don't get someone to watch their kids so they can get a job somewhere. So I'm going to pay for you to have daycare so these women have a chance to rebuild their lives. And that night on the news, uh, they were all crying in the house again. And the same news reporter, she said, I'm back in the house, but this time they're tears of joy. And she said to the woman, what happened? And the woman said, it was a miracle. Some successful business person, some guy came in and did everything I just told you. And I turned it around and I wrote something else that's on that wall that Andrew referred to. I wrote down the thing I want to leave you with today. 
your success is someone else's miracle. Because I never knew that until that woman said, I'm starting to get emotional now, I'm sorry. Um, so that woman said it was a miracle. And I realized then your success is someone else's miracle. So you know what you want to do? You, you want to work really hard and you want to build a profitable business. And then what Andrew and Laura and I talked about challenging you to do is it doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be a lot of money. But next time you see someone in your community that's hurting, guess what? There is no they. They're not going to help those kids. They're not going to help that family. You are. One of the times I just saw a story of a family that uh, a man lost a daughter, a teenage daughter to cancer. He still had two other kids and his wife was, this was on the news. I don't know these people. His wife was hit head on by a drunk driver and killed instantly. In the same year, he lost his teenage daughter and his wife. And because the car was totaled and he was, he had gone broke taking care of his daughter's cancer thing. They repossessed the car. The other car was totaled. He lost his wife. He was unemployed, broke, with no car, no way to get a job. I was watching that on the news, but you know what? There is no they. So I'm just telling you a real story. I actually got in my car, drove over there, just handed him the keys and said, just take this car. I'll figure it out. My ability to get another car is much greater than yours, and you can't drive your kids around and get a job without one, so just take this car. There is something you can do in your community. Uh, for you to become the they, because there is no they. So I, I, I just wanted to end with that. Andrew and I wanted to challenge you. I want you to be profitable. We all do. That's why we're here today. But we just want you. Again, there's no shame in life in making money. The shame in life is in not using it to help others. A successful business is your chance to leave a real legacy. Your legacy is not how well you manage property. Your legacy is how well you manage the community you live in. Did you do something to help someone where you live? And there's no reason you can't, even if you don't have a dime. One time, I know this is going to sound stupid now. One time I sat on the curb and I put my arm around an elderly black woman who was sobbing hysterically. I didn't realize where we were. We were outside the unemployment line and they denied her unemployment check because there was a technical error and she was a single mom with four kids. And she told them, I can't feed my kids. And they said, come back next month. And just because I did something that didn't cost a dime, I just was walking by and I made a U-turn because everyone else was just going around her. And I sat down and I put my arm around her. I said, are you okay? And she said, not at all. And I said, tell me the story. If I, that cost me nothing. If I hadn't stopped, everything would have been different for her and me. I wound up connecting her to all my friends and everybody I know fed her and her family till she got back on her feet. That cost nobody anything. People did that out of their hearts. There is no they, guys. It's you. Thank you guys so much for having me today. Jeff, I just want to say thank you so much personally. You really inspire you us. Me. Thank you so much. Wow. What an episode with Jeff Hoffman. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we and the 200 plus professional property managers who joined us live and registered for that event. Uh, did as well. So you can catch more content on the on the podcast and the Triple Win podcast and episodes to come. But if you're looking to join us for some of these episodes, which are from live events, you can join our private Facebook group uh, or stay up to date on the events calendar. If you want to ask questions directly and, and get things answered by these global thought leaders and industry experts that we're going to be bringing on, you can go to rbp.secondnature.com and just find 
the portion of the page uh, where we're sharing, where what our events are coming up, how you can register, what resources are involved. If it's a sponsored event, if there's a cost of the event, you can see all of that there and uh, decide if you want to join us or if you prefer uh, to stay subscribed to great content like this uh, through the podcast. So with that, I just want to give a thank you to Carol. Uh, thank you to Jeff Tucker, who are the amazing people taking these episodes, getting them edited and getting them produced. We've got an amazing team behind this. And, and I know they would appreciate it uh, if you shared your feedback with us, You know what you loved about the episode, what kind of content you would love to see, what conversations do you want to see as the future of property management is being built through these conversations. And with that, we're going to leave you for now until the next episode of The Triple Win. Take care.